welcome to the in-depth conversation here on the market and the good between myself and our guest, Ed Bryan. Because each of the focused parts we ran were among our highest listened to episodes, we're releasing this bonus episode covering the issue in depth. If you have not heard them and want to listen to only the why today or the what of environmental, social governance, or ESG, and greenwashing, then I'd encourage you to check out part one or part two, respectively. And now, on to the full interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Market and the Good. My name is Chris Gassman. I'm your host. And today, we're going to talk about being a thoughtful investor the way that we are becoming thoughtful consumers and tackle that from a couple of different uh, interrelating rippling strategies, uh, particularly from the side of looking at both from the investor standpoint and also from the standpoint of the companies being invested. So to do that, we have a guest today. Our guest is a research analyst on the sustainable and thematic research team at Alliance Bernstein. And for those of you uh, who might be wondering uh, a little bit about more about Ed Bryan, he's currently calling in from a foldable camping tent, uh, fold-up tabletop <laughs> with his family. So we're all we're all figuring out our different ways uh, in these these remote working days. So Ed, thank you heaps for joining us across the pond. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, pleasure. So Ed, you and I have covered a variety of, of different um, topics. Uh, you know, before we get like, really get into it, why are you working on making the world a better place in ways that make business sense? You know, what's, what's your why? Sure. So for me, the why is seeing firsthand uh, the impact of the sustainable development goals. Um, so the SDGs, as I see it, are about people. Uh, they're about the environment and small businesses. And as part of our investment process, my team members and I, we go, will go out on the ground and seek to find those products and services that are truly needed, that are truly making a difference, and those companies that could be good investments uh, for the funds that we manage on behalf of our clients. So we visited rural health clinics in India. We went to Cape Town during their water crisis in 2018. We've interviewed uh, underbanked individuals in the United States recently, and not many other public equity managers, if any, do this type of in-depth research on the SDGs. And so for, for me, it's exciting to find those differentiated insights. And quite frankly, it's inspiring as investment analysts to see this firsthand. It, 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 it certainly gives more meaning to what I'm doing. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's something that most folks can relate to, just seeing the, the value of the work, that, that their work has meaning. So what's What's the idea in, in brief, Ed? What are some of the aspects of the, the problems that you're seeing in this space? And what are some of the things that, of the solution that the audience should keep in mind? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, the, the idea here is about this issue of sustainable investing and greenwashing and what to do about it. So when it comes to investing, sustainability is a very broad term. And many of the metrics around ESG and sustainability are admittedly not well-defined. So what does it mean to be a sustainable company, right? Um, many different answers to that question. And 
in my view, this has contributed to this growing problem of greenwashing, and I feel quite strongly about this. Everyone can see the interest in sustainability, and so companies are marketing them themselves to investment funds as being sustainable. And those investment funds are marketing themselves to their investors as being sustainable. And I think a lot of these claims are driven more by marketing and can be pretty dubious. And this is a growing problem uh, given the large amounts of interest and fund flows that you see going into sustainable investment strategies. So you end up with sustainable portfolios that aren't actually all that sustainable, uh, which in my view is a suboptimal outcome for investors. So in terms of solution, uh, let me describe here uh, three key aspects as I see it uh, to a sustainable investing strategy. And these aren't uh, original. They actually come from the uh, United Nations Supported Principles of Responsible Investment, or PRI. So the first uh, key aspect is sustainable themes. So often sustainable funds or investment funds will have a, a major stock market index as their benchmark for performance measurement. So think the S&P 500 or the MSCI All Country World Index, right? These are the largest companies in the world. And funds will start there and look for, quote unquote, and I'm doing the kind of rabbit ears here, uh, sustainable companies. Um, this is the problem uh, because as, as a thematic investor, I think this approach is, is essentially backward, right? So those large indices uh, contain lar very large incumbent companies or what I would, what I, what I would call uh, essentially yesterday's winners. I think sustainability is, is emerging as a very highly disruptive force, uh, which is shifting profit pools and market opportunities away from incumbents, right? So think, you know, fossil fuel, um, traditional uh, banking services being disrupted by mobile payments and so forth, uh, toward other companies, as well as uh, shifting risk. So for instance, uh, hiring and retaining the best uh, human talent, uh, cybersecurity. And so I think the solution is to start with tomorrow's winners. And I firmly believe that tomorrow's winners are companies that are helping the world achieve the UN sustainable development goals. And so the, the, the solution here is starting with the SDGs and then having a robust way of mapping those goals and sub-targets onto companies that you can invest in uh, rather than taking the companies and then mapping the SDGs onto them, which is the other way around. Um, starting with the goals and then moving on to products and services and companies leads you to a, a group of truly sustainable companies. So that's the first uh, key aspect. Secondly, is, is around ESG integration into your process. So how are you considering ESG risks and opportunities in the investments you own? And this is a problem if you're either not doing it at all or not doing it in a thoughtful way. And I think a weak process here uh, really prevents investors from harnessing these opportunities uh, presented from sustainability on the return side uh, as well as lower risks uh, from good ESG risk management on the downside, all of which compound over years in, in, into um, better returns for shareholders. So some examples that I've seen here, um, uh, issues around formulaic checklist style approaches, which can easily be gamed by companies uh, looking to show the bare minimum, as well as fail to consider nuances between companies, industries, and geographies. Some funds also rely on external ratings from research providers rather than doing this work themselves. Um, some of those ratings that are published uh, could be backward looking uh, based on past controversies rather than being forward looking. And the solution here in my view is integrating ESG risks 
and opportunities directly into your fundamental investment analysis. So really getting into what's the most material ESG issues and how does it impact your view of a company as a long-term investment. And that's a good segue into the, the third and final key aspect here, which is active ownership. So this is about companies not being held accountable and not being pressed for change by their owners, which is a problem. And it could contribute, quite frankly, to bad corporate behavior. Um, I think you simply can't do this if you have a passive investment approach or if you're not a long-term shareholder and not doing the work to understand company fundamentals. And without active ownership, companies are free to pursue bad ESG practices. So the solution here um, is to engage with company management teams. You know, use your power as a shareholder, vote on issues like pay, uh, the board, and other uh, corporate matters. Engage directly with company management teams in a collaborative, constructive manner. These can all play a, a key role in improving cor uh, corporate disclosures and, and practices. So just to kind of recap here, the three key aspects of a sustainable investing strategy, sustainable themes and starting with the themes, ESG integration, as well as engagement. Um, I think greenwashing can lead to a lot of unsustainable companies, again, getting into unsustainable portfolios and then have investors not achieve their real goals here. And we're actually seeing regulators crack down on funds that are mismarketing themselves. But there is a better way here. Uh, Long-term active management can cut through the greenwashing and harness opportunities from the SDGs and encourage better corporate behavior. So that's, that's the idea. Gotcha. And, and three very, very key strategies, like you talked about you know, picking tomorrow's winners or starting, starting with tomorrow's winners in mind, um, being more integrated in the fundamentals and being more engaged uh, with what you're investing in. So, and I, I've got to, given the days that, that we're in, uh, I, I feel like I would be remiss to the audience if, if I yeah. did not ask uh, some context uh, for this, just taking a step back. Uh, why should, just in general, why should people be in, interested in sustainability mm -hmm. as an investment approach, let alone in the midst of a, a pandemic or other crisis time? Isn't this the, the moment where like, hey, we just got to batten down and, and deal with like the moment in front of us? Why, why should we be thinking mm -hmm. this way? Yeah, there's two points that I'd, I'd make there. Um, so, so firstly, sustainability and sustainable companies, I think really present attractive long-term opportunities. And the way that I think about that is in terms of returns and risk. So on, on the return side, let's go back to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. It's been estimated that around $90 trillion will need to be invested in order to achieve the SDGs. And much of that investment will need to come from the private sector. So companies that are investing and in offering relevant products and services there are poised to see attractive profit growth over many years. Now on the risk side, I think companies that are good stewards of the environment, treat their employees well and demonstrate good corporate governance can be less risky. And the SDGs, uh, through focusing on those, uh, affect government policy and regulation. So it helps to be on the right side of that. So, so companies that can benefit from those two factors in terms of return and risk can be attractive investments over an economic cycle. Now, in terms of investments and sustainability during crisis, I'd, I'd make a few more points here. When you're in a crisis, uh, when, when economies are very weak, uh, not many companies are growing at a, at a very high rate. 
Um, therefore, when growth becomes scarce, those companies that, that are growing uh, become very rare and in higher demand by, by investors. Another dynamic you encounter during crisis is myopia. So financial market participants can tend to focus on, you know, next quarter's earnings or next year's earnings or balance sheets, you know, how, much the, how much debt do these companies have, how much free cash flow are they generating. This, the, the focus becomes much more around preserving capital. And I think this, this can present very attractive opportunities to buy shares of companies that are going after large but potentially more distant opportunities that might be a few years out. Um, this type of environment is when thematic investors can find great deals. And then also um, during a crisis, risk materialize. Um, there is this famous Warren Buffett quote that I'll, that I'll paraphrase about when the tide goes out, you can see who, who isn't wearing their swimsuit, right? Um, when companies encounter difficulty, it's th that's when you see who's been cutting corners ethically. Uh, that's when you get accounting scandals. Companies with weak human capital practices and cultures find it harder to motivate employees. So you have a whole range of risks materialized. And so you find companies in this period that have strong ESG practices can weather these storms better and emerge stronger. So I think right now is a very important time to be thinking about ESG and sustainability for your investments. Gotcha. And you touched on it a, a, a little bit there, but just just to make sure uh, for abundant clarity for the, the audience in, in hearing from a lot of different folks, uh, like, hey, I've, I've just got to, to focus on the task at hand uh, ahead of me right now, Chris, and just as a, a company, right? thinking from the company perspective, um, in the face of a crisis, if, if not you know, just in general, um, do companies abandon ESG in, in these times, you know, thinking about people, planet, profit, or do they double down on it? Yeah. Well, certainly, um, I think many companies and, 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 of course, the ones that we look to invest in double down on it, right? So thinking through, uh, um, again, this, this concept of, of capturing and, uh, sustainable opportunities as well as um, effectively mitigating ESG risks, we're seeing a lot of examples of this today. So opportunities, what, what we're seeing is companies are using the crisis to shift their business toward more sustainable products. Right. So in, an interesting example in the auto sector is having uh, what we're seeing now is, is many auto manufacturers, as they've been, as they've been dealing with a, a uh, um, very low levels of production, are actually reorienting CapEx toward electric vehicles. Um, in, the, in the consumer packaged goods industry, um, what, what we're seeing is that companies are starting to devote more, line, more production lines, more research toward healthier food options. And on the, on the risk side, um, as, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I think this is even more important now amidst the, the, the COVID-19 crisis to focus on some of these risks. So particularly employee safety, um, product quality, and cybersecurity are, are kind of three areas that, that we've seen companies take a big focus on uh, very recently. And I often get the question, so what do the, the SDGs mean in practice in terms of governments walking the walk here in terms of actually taking the SDGs and, and implementing them in, in practice. And what you see uh, now are some examples in, in the various different um, stimulus programs around the world. So there is, there is a leaked version of the European Union Green Deal stimulus package that has a lot of support for you know, renewable energy and electric vehicles. And in the US, um, what, what we've seen in some of the, stimul the economic stimulus in the US 
is very strong support for uh, the diagnostic testing infrastructure. So right now, uh, what we're seeing is many, many companies uh, certainly doubling down on this. Gotcha. Yeah, there have been an uh, increasing number of calls to recover better. So certainly see that uh, playing out in the market. What, and we covered a, a lot of different space in here. Uh, what is the, the call to action? What's the one thing that if you, know, you dear listener, the audience, what should they do uh, walking away from our episode today? Mm-hmm. My call to action, Chris, is, is to go take a look at where your savings are invested. According to a recent article that I saw on MarketWatch, millennials in the U.S. have almost all of their 401k investments in passive investment funds. And there was another article in, in the Wall Street Journal that claimed that less than 3% of 401k plans had an ESG option, right? So, I mean, passive funds primarily are, are seeking large companies of very liquid shares. And so you have to ask yourself, is sustainability a consideration? If you have money invested in sustainable invest, investment funds, take a look at how that process works. Take a look at the holdings. Has a company greenwashed your investment manager who has greenwashed you into thinking that you have invested in a sustainable strategy. We hear about consumers taking a more active approach with their consumption patterns, and we'd encourage investors to do the same. So that's my call to action. Perfect. And, and as folks seek to become more responsible investors, more thoughtful uh, investors the way they are consumers, what uh, would you be game for them to follow up with you to engage with you? And, and if so, what would be the best way for them to engage you? Absolutely. I'm definitely interested in that continued dialogue. Please reach out on, on LinkedIn or just email me directly. Um, my email address should be in the podcast show notes, as well as links to some research and blogs if you want to learn a bit more about my team and what we're working on. So, so please check those out if you're interested. Perfect. Well, Ed, thank you heaps for joining us today. Much appreciate having you on the show. Thank you, Chris. And audience, thank you for joining us here on another episode of The Market and the Good. By all means, please do continue to send in your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, and if for whatever reason your, uh, your listening platform does not have that commenting feature, we've heard that from a few folks. By all means, please feel free to go to our website. You can reach us at malassociates, that's M-A-A-L associates.us, and reach out to us there. Look forward to hearing from you again around what we can keep doing to get you insights that are helpful. Until then, stay healthy, stay happy, and we'll catch you on another episode. Take care, all. Bye.